Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 984. Um, if you're going to be in Brea, California at the end of February, the 22nd or 23rd, I'll be at the Brea Improv and then March through June, various dates at the American Comedy Company in San Diego, Helium in Portland, Stand Up Live in Phoenix, Levity Live in Oxnard, Zanies in Nashville, and Wise Guys in Salt Lake City. Um, Google that stuff. It's going to be up on the new website real soon. I promise. I keep promising. It's going to happen. I swear to you. Um, Let's go to the corkboard, though, and talk about what you are doing out there in the ID10T community. Uh, if you have a thing that you've made or something you want to promote for yourself or someone close to you, uh, you, or you don't even have to know the person, you know how it works. Just send it to events at ID10T.com. Uh, the first one is Shanna, who writes... Uh, I lost my closest friend, Erica, to mental illness in early January of this year. Unfortunately, she left behind two beautiful children, one of whom is Jacob, a very loving boy who has special needs. Jacob is nonverbal and autistic. He requires a variety of therapies and specialized treatments. Unfortunately, insurance doesn't cover everything he needs right now, not to mention that as he grows older, he'll need additional support to get the long-term care that he will need. Erica's friends and family have started a GoFundMe to create a trust for Jacob's care. If anyone would like to help Jacob, you can find out more at um, uh, the, the link that was sent is tiny.cc slash for Jacob, F-O-R and then J-A-K-O-B, tiny.cc slash for Jacob. Uh, losing Erica has been very difficult for all of us. Please help make a very bad situation a tiny bit better by helping Jacob get the support he needs to thrive now as he grows older. I'm really sorry to hear that, Shanna, and thank you for sharing. And uh, And I hope that uh, this is able to amplify that signal and uh, help out you and, and Jacob as well. Also, Dom writes, uh, I wanted to share my brother's YouTube show, We Can't Cook. A weekly show where two people with zero cooking or baking experience attempt to create famous dishes without recipes. I mean, how could that go wrong? My brother, uh, Matthew Provenzano, and co-star, Andrew Venor, I'm going to say Venor, but it could be Venore, have worked super hard on this over the past six months, and all of season one is on YouTube for your viewing enjoyment. So go watch uh, We Can't Cook on YouTube. Thank you so much, Dom. This episode is uh, Danica McKellar, who is a very, very, very legitimately close friend of mine. And uh, she's the best. Uh, Danica, first of all, let's just talk about changing young lives through math. And then also, transitively, the parents' lives, too, who maybe didn't want to have to figure out how to 
teach math to their kids or help them out with their math homework. Um, she has a ton of math books available for children of all ages. If you go to mckellarmath.com, M little C, capital K-E-L-L-A-R, math.com, mckellarmath.com. Her latest book is called Do Not Open This Math Book and it is available now uh, on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. Support this. Support what she is doing. She is a math genius and she is uh, going to help you and, and your kids out. Um, and if you're a fan of the Hallmark movies, she just had a new one uh, over the holidays, Christmas at Grand Valley. So is that, I don't know if that's still available. You should watch it. I just support everything she does. I just think the world of her. So thank you to Danica for hanging out and catching up and, uh, and then letting us record it. Uh, stick around. There is a very special... Uh, you know, I, I, a thing at the end, I had been calling it ending word salad, and I got a I got a message on Reddit from Reddit user Colt Smith with a Y, who just wrote three words: word salad rap, W R A P. Works on a lot of levels, so I think maybe it could be word salad rap. Not to be confused with word salad rap, just R A P, uh, which uh, would have been in a bad '80s movie. Someone would have rapped about salad. And words, and maybe I can justify through nostalgia doing that at some point, but not today. Uh, so stick around for I guess the newly named word salad rap or just salad rap. I don't know. I really should figure this out before making you sit through me figuring it out. So here's the ID10T podcast uh, number nine eighty four with the wonderful, stupendous, and brilliant Danica McKellar. Initiating ID10T protocol. I mean, Danica McKellar, you're a pillar of productivity because you were just saying about how you Uber around the city because you just work in the back of the car while yeah. you're driving around. How do you do that without getting horribly motion sick? I don't get car sick. Thank goodness. I'm just going to knock on this wood right now. I, I just, it's so true. I take it for granted. But I'm working on two books right now, and one of them needs all these approval notes and. Uh, for some sketches uh, on the book that comes out this year, which they don't like me revealing the titles. I'm not sure why. It's a little kid math book. So it's really sweet. It's really sweet. Uh, and, you know, whatever. That's <laughs> the, so funny. The, the three-year-olds are going to tell each other in room yeah, surprise, exactly. I guess. I exactly. Know. So, but it was, it's, it's, it's fun and I, and I, I need to squeeze it all in because I'm a very involved mom too. I, I homeschool my son. I share custody um, with his dad. And so uh, 50% of the time I have him and we have so much fun and we do all sorts of things that aren't like quote productive. Um, and then one of the days I don't have him, that's it. I'm a productivity machine. I just mm-hmm. get it all done. Well, you're productive teaching your son how to of be course, productive. Of course, of course, yes. We homeschool, I homeschool him, and so we're going on field trips, and we're doing math lessons, which is... Okay, so I've been writing math books for like 12 years now, and my first book was called Math Doesn't Suck. It's for ages 9 to 11. I remember this because it's been, I don't know, maybe six years since you were on the podcast, although we talk 
pretty regularly. Yes. So yes, it's, personally, I yes. feel dumb that you've not been on. Like, there's no excuse that it's been this long <laughs> since you've been on. But I sort of feel like, well, we talk all the time. We just don't record those conversations. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's true. well, we could. We could just go to lunch and just record. Just go to lunch and record, and record every yeah. conversation. But that'd be a little weird. That'd be strange. There's some, there's, it's good to have some stuff that's just your own, right? That's just for friends. I'm just going to say that out loud, folks. Whether I believe <laughs> oh my not, God, that's right? crazy. <laughs> in our social media obsessed world, you mean there's stuff that can just exist in the, in the world? Right. Without being broadcast in any way, right? Mm, but what is I don't it? Know. So, math doesn't suck. Was my first book, and it's ages nine to eleven. And my son's eight, but of course, he's a little advanced in math because of me. Of course. And we're using that book now, so I'm teaching him out of my first book, and it's so cool. It's just like so crazy and fun. And he has, of course, no perspective that most moms don't have their own math books that they're teaching their kids math in. Of course. But it's it's just so great, and we have a great time, and he's doing so well. We're we're adding and subtracting fractions. He's finding um, common denominators now. So we've done all that, you know, LCM stuff and everything. You're like glazing over. Why are you glazing over? No, I'm not glazing over. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, my brain just went to this weird place of like, Okay, so when he's like 16 or 17, is his homecoming dance like literally just coming home right. and, and dancing with someone in your living room? You know what? They have There's so much stuff. First of all, he does sports. There's, there are tons of leagues and things where you don't have to be associated with The school. McKellar Mustangs. The, the McKellar Do you have a name Mustang. for your homeschool? <laughs> no, but that's the great thing the about The McKellar Los- Math <laughs> Quizzes. Well, something about Los Angeles and a lot of cities. There's, so, there's such a big homeschooling community. There's so many people who don't want to do the normal thing. It's so true. And I, and I don't know... If, if, I think it's a widespread thing across the country, but it's a huge community here in L.A. There are actually homecoming dances for homeschooling kids. We go to a place for homeschooling classes on uh, just on Fridays. He takes he was taking chess for a while and robotics, and now he's taking um, – uh, what is he taking now? He's taking physiology and game design. So, but like board games, like how to design board games. Amazing. And it's just cool. It's, it's like almost like a community college where you get to decide, pick and choose your own courses. Because at home we're doing math and we're doing English and grammar and, and science experiments. We just built a circuit the other day from this kit that you can get online. Everything's online. You have all the resources at your fingertips if you want to homeschool your kids. Doesn't kid. it make you jealous from like when we were kids oh and it's God, like we had to go to fucking Radio Shack or like, <laughs> and like right. buy, a, buy a circuit kit and like, oh, look, this this wet potato is a battery. You know, it's <laughs> right. like now you could just get anything you want online and you still get to, and he still gets to go to a homeschooling dance. Although, you know what? I need to do that potato thing. See, that stuff is cool though. I like that old school stuff. I like like the get down to the nuts and bolts of what's really happening. It doesn't have to be complicated or new agey and VR. It's just, this is here's a battery and here are some wires and you hook them up and here's a circuit and he, that's why the light's going on and let's make a little switch and that's we're closing the circuit and the light goes on and I I just love that stuff. I mean listen that, I don't, that makes I'm me sure you've answered this question a million times before but it's it's kind of about the decision to homeschool and also you know I think it's incredible that you're so engaged with with him and his development and his, you know it's like a lot of people don't or either or can't because they, you know, they don't work from home. No, I know. And it's so true. And week. oddly enough, my divorce had, has made this easier because I have the, that delineation. Here's, here are the days that it's me and my kid. And here are the days that it's, it's, I'm on my own. And so I, it's easier for me, I think, to organize my time that way because – I know what I'm doing on these days. The days I have Draco, which are Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays, and every other weekend, we're doing <laughs> stuff. You know, we're going out. We're we're going skiing. We're having adventures. We're going to field trips. We're going to museums. We're we're learning math at home. You know, we're we're playing baseball in the backyard. We just do stuff. Did you have to get accredited in some way to homeschool? How does that work? No. Like, so how does he? So how? Like, what kind of a diploma does he get? Like, what's the process? 
I, I mean, I guess I could make up a diploma. They're not really like legal documents, I don't think. I, I don't really know, to be honest. But what I do know is that, at least in the state of California, and I think it's different state to state, you don't have to have any credentials at all. In fact, you can have a farm and have your kid work on your farm and give them no education whatsoever, and that's not illegal. So for better or worse, that is the situation we're in. When you decide to homeschool, you have to, though, um, you have to report it. So you report it with the state, you file an affidavit, and you can either file an affidavit as a charter school, a public charter school, or a private charter school. If you're public, that means you're taking money from the state, and then they, you kid, your kid has to do regular testing mm-hmm. and everything. If you do private, which is what I opted for because I like my privacy, because <laughs> they also have to give them all sorts of data. It's like sure. a huge data mining thing. Sure. Um, then you don't take money from the state, and you're saving the state money, and they say, cool. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> I always wonder if, like, everything that we learned as kids, like, most of your adulthood is basically going back and unlearning everything you learned <laughs> yes. as a child. Not only just, like, the stuff they taught us in history or, you know, but also, ju- you know, just the things that we're insecure about or the or things yeah. that when we were a kid that, you know, if we were upset about no, something. No, you know, bullying, for example. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is huge. I remember being bullied when I was a kid. But you didn't, it wasn't like a hot topic, and there was no support for it. I mean, you, you went home and cried to your parents, and then they tried to make you feel better. But now there's like a whole, it's like a, it's got a label. Yeah, now we get to grow up and get bullied on time. We get to, oh <laughs> gosh. That's so, so true. No, but I mean, there's so much There's so much more social awareness, and there's so many improvements in general. It's going to be like a, there's going to be like some sort of an app where you could just like, Sort of like Task Rabbit, like you know, bully pulpit, where you just can summon a bully to your homeschool kid. Like, well, he's got to learn, <laughs> you know, how to like right. how to handle bullies, how to fight back, how to not take anything personally. So, just like yes. some dipshit kid just shows up and just like shoves <laughs> your kid, and like your shirt's dumb. You know, it's like okay, well now how are you gonna you know how are you gonna deal with? This? That's hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah, the homeschooling app. The homeschooling. Because I remember being horribly bullied in school, and I wouldn't wish it upon anyone else. Right. But it also – there were parts of it that gave me some skills and some armor and learning how to kind of – you know. but then other parts of it you know, just horribly crushed my self-esteem. So, uh, but, <laughs> That's you know, so hard to know, right? Like especially when, in anything as a parent, how much do you want your kid to suffer through it? A how little much bit do of you adversity is good. Right. Of course. Of course. And, you, and you're not supposed to do everything for your kid because then they grow up not knowing how to do anything for themselves. But like it, there's that balance that you're constantly looking for of how much do I want my child to have to – suffer this feeling of loss for whatever it is and how much do I want to save them from it? You know what? I think there's I think the acceptable amount of adversity is probably is probably what I call HGTV adversity, which is just like you watch those shows and things go wrong on the home renovation shows, but it's never any it's like it all works out in the end. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like But here's the thing. So okay, so he lost a little um toy, a little like a hot chili pepper toy thing. Mm-hmm. Um it was actually you know, you know plans for zombies? Yeah, of course. So the, the, the pepper. Yes, the chili yes, pepper yes, guy, yes. Whatever yes. he was called. Yeah. So the we ones that just light the whole road. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. yes <laughs> exactly. The best. So we, he was obsessed with Plants vs. Zombies a few years back. And so he had all these toys and we were playing with them, you know, at the beach. And I'm like, look, you know, be careful because we could lose them. He's like, no, no, it's fine. So he goes off and buries them. And, he, and, and we never found the pepper. We never found the pepper toy. And he was devastated. Um, but then after a few days, he was kind of okay about it. And I, ju- I just, I was like, okay, I'm not going to, because you have to order the whole set. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? I think he's okay. But he always remembered that lesson of not burying uh, a little guy in the sand. Now, on the other side of things, recently, you know Hoops and Yo-Yo? He loves like all these old school things. Hoops, Hoops and Yo-Yo. Oh. It was a Hallmark e-cards 
a set of characters no, from I don't years know. ago. Oh my god, they're hilarious. Go look up Hoops and Yo-Yo. They have the funniest, cutest little e-cards, and this is like 20 years ago now. But Draco really likes them. And there's a little character named Piddles. This little blue stuffed bear. So cute. Um, he loves this thing. And uh, he's like this tough, cute little kid, but he also has a really soft heart, and you can tell by how much he loves Piddles. Mm-hmm. So we, Piddles disappeared one day and couldn't find him. And I don't know, maybe like the dog got him or something. I'm not sure. And we always talk about being responsible and putting things away and, and, and not losing stuff. Um, but after about a month of looking, I got him another one. I oh. ordered it. <laughs> Did you tell him you got him another one? Were you like, I found it? No, no, no. I told him. I told him. So, so I, again, in, in, with parenting, there are no, there's no rule book. You don't know, but I just try to judge it case by case. And, you know, when you lose something where you're being irresponsible and you need to learn a lesson, or maybe you, maybe you don't want to learn the lesson too harshly and well, the, the, give it some time, and then... The lesson from losing the red pepper from Plants vs. Zombies is yeah. that he's got to plant more sunflowers to get more sun, <laughs> and then he's just got to wait until a melon launcher pops up. Right. See, that's, that's, the, wow. that's what you learn from that. Yeah, it's so true. That's what, that's what you learn from that. Yeah. And you learn that vegetables uh, can kill zombies mm-hmm. is the other thing that you learn. Yeah. i got to fucking play that game you, again. You really should. It's so great. Isn't that it was great? like that was one of the the first from you know between that and like Angry Birds. There was like the handful of games that that when the mobile game revolution really first started popping, like the the you know like the telephone mobile game. Uh, those are the ones. I mean, now there's millions and millions right. of things, but but I I gave so many hours to Plants vs Zombies or like um, uh, oh there was another one that was. Uh, uh, it was a, another tower defense game, but those fucking tower defense games are crazy. Does he play a lot? Do you let him play a lot? Of- no, um, no, but you know what he's really into is Super Mario Maker. Oh, yeah. Do you know what it is? So he's got the Wii U, and he loves making these levels. And, and, he's, and because he's creating stuff, so usually it's one hour a day of video games, and that's it. Um, around Christmas time, two hours a day, because come on, it's Christmas. Right. Uh, and he's homeschooled, so he has to feel the difference between school and not school, right? Sure. Um, but but with Mario Maker, I let him I let him have two hours a day because he's creating, you know, he's building something and he's testing it out. So to me, that feels like it's not just video games. Not that video games are bad, but. I, uh, but you don't want him just doing that. I don't want him just that. doing Yeah, I want him, I want him to, to not be looking at a screen all the time. But if he is looking at a screen, maybe, screen, maybe he's creating something and building something and testing it out. Like, it's a very scientific kind of thing to do. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're like building and learning. And so yeah. we – just because I didn't – I could have danced around it a little bit. What, what was the decision to homeschool him? Oh, um, gosh. I mean, his dad and I decided that when he was in preschool because we had him at one preschool. So first of all, in L.A., like – Sending your kid to the right preschool so they get into the right kindergarten. It starts then. It's ridiculous. That's weird. So I was already angry. <laughs> like, this, is, this is stupid. I can't believe, I can't believe I'm, I'm deigning to consider wasting any of my time on this. But a good friend of mine, she's like, oh, my gosh. Um, uh, and I'm not going to name the name of the school. Um, what I'll call the blanket of blank school. Has, it, there's only one more day to enroll for preschool. And, and I, and I, and I told, told him about Draco, and they're, they're interested to get his application. I'm like, oh, my God. And suddenly I got panicking. I'm like, okay. She's like, you don't have to go, but you should just apply. I'm like, all right. We applied. And then he got in. And then my ego was stroked. I'm like, oh, he got in to the blanket of blank preschool. Well, this is pretty awesome. This is where everybody sends their kids to preschool. Okay, so we got in, and we started going. And it's fine. It's like a mommy and me thing. I don't know why I'm paying so much money to like go with my to kid. To hang out with your kid. hang out with my kid for a couple hours a few days a week. But whatever. And then they have the next step up, like after a year of that, that's where you drop them off. So he's three years old or something at this point. Okay, so young. Like to me, I don't. I never left the house until I was like five. You know, you didn't go to school of any kind until you were like five, at least 
for me. I guess I'm dating myself. But anyway, he's three years old, and now it's the drop-off version. And, you know, and I'm already wondering what – but I'm so – I'm sucked in already. It was that easy to suck me into the whole process. And he's miserable. He hates being dropped off there. And I said, well um, – I said, I, you know, I, I picked him up after, after like the fourth day. And they're like saying, no, no, he loves it. You know, you leave. And he stops crying. And he starts playing. So I called my ex-husband. I'm like, Mike, go spy. I have, I have to go to a meeting. Will you go and spy on him and see what is going on over there? And he goes back and he said, well, Draco was like sitting in a corner kind of playing with a toy by himself. He wasn't crying, but he wasn't doing. I'm like, this is horrible. What are we doing? So I picked him up from school at the end of the day. And um, he looked at me panicked. And he goes, Oh no! At first he goes, I don't, I don't want to have to paint anymore. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what am I doing to him? And he goes, and then he, he like this panic look on his face, and I happen to catch it in the rearview mirror, and he goes, oh, I like it there at Blanket Bank School. And oh, like, creepy! I'm like, what did you say? He goes, oh, I like it there at Blanket Bank School. I'm like, did they ask you to say that? And he's like, yes. And he starts crying. I'm like, that's it. Oh, that's forget so this. So that was creepy and horrible. I'm like, okay, that's it. Forget that. Um, Enrolled him in another preschool. It was like at someone's house, super low key. This is not a place you send your kids. It's just, just to you know, hang out and play. And he was so bored. It's like well, I, I could teach him this. What, what's going on? So I started doing it, and and my ex husband was totally supportive. He was like, Yeah, let's definitely do this. Um, my ex is an amazing piano player and composer, and can do anything on a computer and visual effects and graphics and everything. Obviously, I love math. I write math books, and we just. Like, you know, we got this. We got this. We both have flexible jobs. He's a composer. I'm an actress and a writer. We're home. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless, unless if we're doing some super intense job, in which case the other one has our kid. It works out so well. Does he ever – is there ever anything that you land upon that he asks about where you go, I don't know this? Or do you just sure. go, well, if I don't know something, I just go to the internet? Yeah, I say, I don't know. Let's find out. I remember one time when he was pretty young, he said, Mommy, because we were looking at a book of animals and he, he really he really fixated upon these these little baby snake, snakes that were hatching out of eggs. And he goes, Mommy, can we see snakes hatching? I said, yeah, in about 10 seconds. We can watch snakes hatching from eggs. You want to watch this. <laughs> click, click, click. And, and, and he was obsessed with this video oh, for a I was long hoping time. you had a snake farm in your garage. You I know, hope that I... that's, where, that's where that was going. <laughs> but if it went, if he, you know, maintained his interest for long enough. We know what's crazy is a friend, of, a, a, a good friend of mine sent his kid to a blankety blanks. Not that, I don't know if it was that one, mm-hmm. but to another blankety, a blottity blah school. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, same thing. Real, you know, real insane to get in, real competitive. And they get in. And he goes, it's fucking crazy because, like, every time they have an event, they ask us to donate money. Oh and it's gosh. already really expensive. I yes, I, I didn't even bring up that part. And, and they make you work. And they you and, and they guilt you. It's a scam because <laughs> they basically use your kids as leverage. So they're like, you know, I mean, if you care about your kid's future, you'll donate, you yeah. know, more yeah. money. Yeah, and then they have a renovated kitchen. You're like, wow, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Should they the were... principal be driving a Maserati? I feel weird about this. Yes. I don't understand yes. what the fuck, you know. It was, it was super expensive. You had to go to this gala every year. It was really expensive. You had to buy raffle tickets. On top of the gala tickets that you bought, and then you had to like work for the school. They kind of have you over a barrel when it's your kid because you're going to want the best thing for your kid. And then I realized the best thing for my kid is me and his dad and all the sports and activities and martial arts and stuff we have him involved in. And then these extra classes with other homeschooled kids. He has a rich, interesting life. When we go skiing, we go on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and there's no one on the slopes. (laughs) There's like so many good things about it. I highly, I highly recommend it. I, but I mean, look, I realize that I write math books, and so for me, I know a lot of parents are afraid of the math thing. And for me, I've got that part covered. Um, but I still, I still 
highly recommend it. And I realized if Draco wants to learn Japanese or something, we just talked about it a little bit. Uh, we're learning Spanish, by the way, right now, the two of us together. It's very fun. Um, bueno, muy bueno. Muy bueno. Um, and, uh, and, and so I'll hire him a Japanese tutor. I'm already going to be saving so much money. Oh, yeah. Of course he will. And That's everybody right. puts their kids in, in tutoring after school anyway, if you, you know, because this public school and and you, or, or you could use Duolingo. You could use Duolingo? Rosetta Stone. Yes, we you know, use that too. I use I, I use both for Italian, and I've been dicking around a little really? bit. With, yeah, yeah. I use I use um, Duolingo for Italian and Rosetta because they both are. They're different. They both they're both different. Yeah. And um, Duolingo is more. Duolingo occasionally will throw graphic stuff at you, but Rosetta is very picture oriented. Oh, okay. Um, and so they, they just both have slightly different. Um, and then, and then, you know, like a couple times a month, I actually have a conversational tutor come in cause you can learn all you can from an app. Right. But then when someone starts talking to you and your brain right, has right. to improvise, it's a whole different muscle. Right. A whole different sure. muscle. Well, yeah. and there's also, there are also, um, I guess like cartoons or shows you can watch cause I've been looking into it where like easy Spanish, There'll be some show that's like maybe for preschoolers schoolers or whatever, you know, in Spanish. And you can watch that and start to... Yeah, or there's get, podcasts. Like, there, there's literally no reason if you want to learn anything right. that you cannot learn. But, I, but right. I, was, I was screwing around a little bit with Japanese on Duolingo. Really? And, uh, and it just... Because I thought, like, if I was going to learn two languages at the same time... Um, a, rom- a romance language and, um, yeah, and, totally and, and an different. Asian language. Mm-hmm. They're so different that there's no way to confuse them. Right. But, you know, Japanese is you're learning several alphabets and it's – it's, uh, it, it's so it's I, 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 I want to learn it so bad. But I also – it's like, okay. Do you, need, gonna... do you need to be able to read it or do you want to just be able to speak Japanese? Like how... I mean I feel like I should learn to – Read. I feel like I should learn at least some rudimentary to understand the character system. Yeah. To understand um, the, the the different uh, character sets. I dated a Japanese guy a long time ago, um, and I learned a little bit of Japanese. I love it. <laughs> you know, like we went to Japan for our honeymoon, and I love the language so much because it it's very it makes sense to me. You know, like really? our language is so colloquial, mm-hmm. and Japanese does not seem to be very colloquial at all. It just it has a distinct set of rules and it follows them. That and somehow it, makes sense. It makes it? sense. It, it makes just sense. Feels it's like, like the culture would do yeah, that. Yeah. So you know, very, if there if there's a question, it'd be you know, more mathematical somehow. Yes. Right. Th- there are certain there are little. Uh, there's a phrase that you put if a thing is a question and the subject goes here and this is the verb and this is this and this taxon it is like it it really makes sense. So it's really just kind of about learning the vocabulary. And I love it. I really love it. And it's also you. You don't really speak Japanese with a lot of intonation. Mm-hmm. I think really much of an intonation at all. And Italian and is, is <laughs> so much is, intonation. Yeah. And English is so much intonation. Yes. And there's cultural intonation. And there's dialect. And there's a, and so you know it's. Um, I mean, English is not a Roman. English is a Germanic language, but right, but well, it's the, half and half, isn't it? It's it's, it's a Germanic Romans, language. Half Germanic. It's really a, it's it, English is a Germanic language that has about fifty four percent of its roots in Latin. Okay, which is a Romance language. Got it. So, um, but uh, it, it, you know, like I would think English is probably the hardest language to learn because every there's so many dialects and we make up rules constantly and yeah, you know so because true. we're american you know like we all ha- kind of have our own version of language and we invent colloquialisms and there's slang and you know and it just it's like how and do you and spelling i mean like we're learning spanish there's only one way to pronounce each vowel in Spanish, which is incredible because we have so many different pronunciations for any number. We've got diphthongs. We've got all sorts of crazy vowel stuff going on. And you can't tell from looking at a word how to pronounce it. 
you know, I, I honestly, cough, though. I know this sounds vowel. dumb, but I, all... I, I took Latin for four years in high school, and it is it, it. I mean, it's technically a dead language, but it also its life is in the fact that again, so much of our root system is based in Latin, and. Once you understand Latin, not only can you learn, you know, the other four Romance languages pretty easily, mm-hmm. or at least easier, but uh, it, it really teaches you, like, you learn English, but you don't really understand, you just don't really learn why we, right. say, we learn right. and say things. And so learning, you know, a foundational language like Latin sort of teaches you, like, the subjunctive kit, you know, like, what is subjunctive and right. what's imperfect and what's pluperfect. But and that, what's I mean, perfect. I learned that in French. Oh, yeah, there I learned you go. that taking French, I, same thing, all the different conjugations and realizing. And I remember my French teacher telling me that French is difficult to learn, but it's always the same de- level of difficulty, whereas English is very easy in the very beginning, and then it gets super hard. Like, tomorrow I will have had three days of shopping. French you know? to me is just all about the pronunciation. <laughs> okay, the difficult thing about French is that you hardly pronounce any of the letters you're looking at. <laughs> oiseau, oiseau is how I say bird. That's O I S E A U X. Oh wow! Wazzle. Like you, a lot of what? extra letters there. A lot of extra letters Steve, that don't Steve, look like the way they sound. Steve Martin has an old bit in his stand-up about French, where he's just like, "It's you know, someone's trying to speak French, like little What happened? What happened? He spoke French. Right. Help him. I will never forget. My French teacher had a sore throat one day. She could not talk. Oh, she was yeah. like squeaking because everything comes from the back of the yeah, throat. It's real, it's real throaty. <laughs> oh, it's real throaty. It's a cool language. It's a beautiful oh my God, language, it's but it's but it's you know. But but yeah, learning but another language is, teaches you so much about, about your, your own, own language. language. It's like you cannot understand the meaning of lightness without dark, whatever. Like you need the opposite. You need the comparison. I feel dumb for not learning. Wait, there's Spanish. a way better quote. The quote is: "A blind person will never know the meaning of darkness." Right. Okay. But I feel dumb for not learning Spanish and living in Los Angeles, where Spanish would be very. I would love useful. To, yes. yes, I would love to be able to speak Spanish, and I love I love the language. But for some reason, you know, my mom's family is Italian, and I, I took Italian in college, and it you know, like Spanish would be so much more useful. Right. But but I guess just because of my ancestry, like Italian. Right. No, you you feel like, a little. I, I feel pulled like you to, need to to learn Italian. Well, it's very similar to Spanish, so. It is, useful, it, is, it is. It is. It is. It is similar. So I learned French in school. Um, uh, Draco's dad uh, is Italian and knows a little Italian, and his parents speak Italian. His, his parents actually have dual citizenship in Italy now. They like petitioned for it and they got it. So he was pushing for Draco to learn Italian. I was thinking it should be French, and then I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to teach him Spanish. Nobody can stop me. And, <laughs> no, and, and, <laughs> stop. I'm the headmaster of my trying, own school. Well, you know, when he's with me on the days he's with me, he's going to learn Spanish, and you can let's just. Do you have like the big alphabet letters all across the walls of your house? We like, used to. Oh, you did. But I do have the multiplication chart up and fractions up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. When he was when he was like two and three, we had the alphabet up. Oh, it's so fun. But see, I always liked school. So I like having like – but that probably was why. Okay, speaking of me writing math books, I brought you my latest one. What? I'm going to show it to you. And this book uh, is – Well, it says do not open this math book. So I know. I'm, I'm, am I supposed to <laughs> – If you dare. No, it's – yeah. I'm it's breaking like, the rules. You're breaking the rules. It's for six to eight-year-olds. And if you've ever been around a six to eight-year-old or remember being a six to eight-year-old, you like to do stuff you're told not to do. So that's why it's called Do Not Open This Math Book. And it's super fun. Mr. Mouse in there is a great little character. Mr. Mouse is afraid of math. He's the one telling you not to open the book. And there's, yeah, there are comic strips. There's cartoons. Why has Mr. Mouse got to be a dick about it? Yeah. (laughs) Weren't you, were you not set schooled working on Wonder Years? I, both. 
I actually went to Harvard Westlake. Oh, you did? I oh, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and a great school. Went back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, no, but um, but I, you know, I love. Look, I've been an entertainer and actress my whole life. I love entertainment. I love math. I love making math entertaining, as you know. Uh, and so this is the latest. This is for this is teaching addition and subtraction. And earlier in the podcast, we were talking about how education is different now. One of the ways in which it's different is this common core math. I don't know if you've heard about it, but they do everything. It's all, all the words are different. I've heard it's very confusing. It's I mean, it's confusing if you learn the math that we learned. It's, yeah. So I actually have a thing in the back of this book called uh, The New Math Translation Guide for Grownups because I've had so many parents tell me that they don't understand their six-year-old's math homework. They're like, how is this possible? I was worried about middle school, but here I am, and my, my six- and seven-year-old are coming home, and I don't even understand the vocabulary. Do so. you know the Tom Lehrer song, New Math? Yes. There, it's, I mean, it's from the 60s. But that was the old new math. That was the old new right. math. It's, it's a phenomenal... I mean, he's brilliant, and it's really funny. Uh, and so there's a new new math, though. There's a new new math, and it's a similar, uh, similar idea, is that they want kids to understand how things work more than just, how, just what the algorithm is. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not just... Well, it's not just about memorizing versus understanding. It's about breaking stuff down and looking at the nuts and bolts of it and understanding that... Like, for example, we say caring, right? If you're adding a couple-digit numbers, right, you, you're you caring, caring, right. right. We're not, I mean, you're regrouping. Technically, you're taking the ones and adding them to the tens column or whatever, and that's, you know, that's... You're regrouping them. So it's a little more intuitive, kind of... I mean, uh, here's I the thing. I don't know if we Common need to change core, that. We don't, right? I don't, I don't know if we need to change I mean, that at all. On. Borrowing. Come on. You're not going to go back, right? Yeah, re- right. regrouping. So look, I, everyone is resist- resistant to change, as am I. And I do believe, in my own humble opinion, that Common Core has gone a little far. I think it's a little much. Uh, I think it's a real um, burden on teachers because it's so different so suddenly. Uh, but, but you know, and parents, too, because they want to be able to help their kids. Is this, some, is this some hot-button topic that we stumbled upon? It's that a actually, little bit. That, and that, like, but that's why I wrote this book. That's why I wrote Do not open this math book. It's for kids and parents and teachers. And I get the best... Tweet. Somebody just tweeted me the other day saying that their uncle tutors uh, a seven-year-old and suddenly he's like turned this corner because of this book. So that's always – that just makes me feel really good. And, you know, and, I, and, I, and when I was writing this book, I'm testing out all the little fun things on Draco and, and uh, I've got my little test subject. It, the most important question I think people listening need to know is, is your son a Slytherin? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Okay, so Draco was named after the constellation. Draco, which means dragon. Yes. Um, Latin. That's Latin. And, and Draco Draconis. That's true. That's true. And and Mike, his dad, uh, had the name Draco before Harry Potter came out. So when Mike and I were first dating, he said, hey, so um, you're just thinking if I ever had a son, I'd like to name him Draco. And I'm thinking, we've been like on three dates. Who's this guy? <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> this is, and then shortly after, shortly afterwards, Harry Potter came out and um, it became this thing. Say, and shortly after, I got pregnant and I was <laughs> no. like, okay. <laughs> no, sure, no, it was like eight years later when I got. So, and then, and then at some point I was like, okay, Draco's the bad guy in Harry Potter. We can't name, if we have a boy, we can't name him Draco. And he's like, no, no, no. It's a, it's a passing phase. It's not gonna, <laughs> like, no one 
he's gonna know the name Jacob by the time he's born, or by the time he's old enough. And of course, he is a huge Harry Potter fan himself. It's a cool ass name, but it is cool. And you know what else? He identified with Darth Vader as a small child, so I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah, he's definitely a Draco. Slurin. Always, yes, he, he always wanted to play Darth Vader. He didn't want to be uh, Luke. So that's it's, so. Know. There you go. And he and the first song he learned to play on the piano was the Imperial March. You were basically training your child to be an evil genius. I think maybe I am. <laughs> give be... him all the tools he needs to be the best evil genius he yeah. can be. That's my job. As mom. long as he is uh, grouping instead of borrowing. Right, exactly, exactly. You'd be the best I evil mean... genius villain that you possibly can. <laughs> Do you, do you remember that movie, Parenthood? Of course. It's uh, one of the best movies I love that movie. Movies. Steve Martin, when he's in his nightmare dream, when his son's up there and he's shooting everyone, he's like, he's at the top of the clock tower and he's, he's, he's shooting down people. This yeah. is before this was happening in the country all the time. Yeah, yeah, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, and he goes, nice shot, kid. He goes, it's important to be encouraging as a parent. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Because like, he's, he's having these horrible... Um, He's having these really horrible anxieties about like because his nine year old is like stressed. His nine year old, yeah. his nine year old's having emotional problems. He had emotional problems. Yes. they're doing everything they can, and I'm sure a lot of parents feel like I don't know what else to do. You know, it's right. like you can't, you know, you can't control everything as a parent, and I'm sure that's like the the skill that you have to learn is to be able to let go. But still support your kid, but not micromanage them. And You, you know, know, I know. And I, I swear, I think the, the answer truly is simple and it's age old and it's just love your kid. Mm-hmm. Just listen to your kid and love your kid. And this is so far, this is working out for me. You know, when they're throwing a tantrum and everything. Yeah, you can yell. You can yell back. Yeah. And I've done that for sure. Or you can also be like, okay, let's sit down for a second. Tell me what's going on. And just listen. Yeah. I and, mean, and you know what? That's actually way more powerful than you think. I want to, And you it know, works. When we have kids, I kind of want to just like talk to them like people. Because I feel like... Yes. Because yes, I have a friend who has a sure. kid and this kid's probably like eight or nine years old. And this kid, for whatever reason, just loves the wall. Loves it. He loves the show, this mm-hmm. game show. Oh. That he lo- just fucking loves it. Every time I see him, he's like, hey, man, hey, when are more episodes of the wall? And so... <laughs> You know, like rather than say like, oh, hey, buddy. So you, I just go, oh, yeah, it's coming out, you know, you know, sometime this year and I'll tell him about it. And yeah. I'll be like, oh, you and your dad should come if we take more. Like you should come. And I'll kind of explain how it's, oh, yeah, it's like the ball, you know, drops down the thing and yep. it goes and I kind of explain it to him. But not in a, not in a deferential way and not in a, not in right. a condescending of way. Of course, of course. Because when I was a kid, I didn't. Like, I could tell when adults were doing yes, that, and I it fucking pissed that. me off. Yeah, I'm like, why are you talking like that? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a cat. Right. Talk to me like a person, you and, know? So yeah. is the is the key just, like, just like socializing your kids like they're people? Or or does is it important to kind of have a delineation of, like, you're a kid, I'm an adult, that's how this works? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, yes. I mean, this is a huge, big discussion. Great. And I can't... We got time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when your kid is very small, there's like this, they have, you know, the, the, the lizard part of the brain. Mm-hmm. The amygdala? Is that the amygdala? I don't know. I think that, I, is I, that I the like lizard I nugget? I know that. But, but whatever it is, it's... Um, if I'm wrong, there, I'm there's, sorry, There's a great book called uh, the, the Whole Brain Child. And they talk about the like upstairs and downstairs brain. And the downstairs brain is the lizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the lizard brain. And that's the the emotional reactive part of the brain, not the part that can really reason. Until your child is four years old, there really is only the downstairs part of the brain. Got it. So you can't expect you, – to talk to your three-year-old like a person is probably a waste of time. Stop eating flies, honey. That's what they do. <laughs> right. They're, they're lizards until about four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop, he's sunning himself on the rock. 
It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> right. Oh, anyway, yes. It's uh, kids are great, but they don't have the ability to reason with you. So you can try to like you can pull your hair out trying to reason with them, and it just doesn't really work. But around the age of four, then you can start talking to them like a person, um, and you can actually start. You can start saying, "Look, if you do this, here's the consequence, and if you do that, there's the consequence. Which choice do you want to make?" And a big like buzz phrase for parents is, "Let's make a different choice, honey." <laughs> for some reason, I find that's hilarious, but it's true, and it does work. And it's a very non-confrontational, non-judgmental way to show the kid that they have power. And I used to talk about this. To, I used to talk about this to my son all the time, and I still do. So, Draco, you have power right now. You can choose right now. When this person talks to you, you can either blow them off, and you can choose, and that choice will make them feel upset, or you can choose to look them in the eye and say thank you, whatever it was, and you will make that person's day. That's how much charm you have and how much power you have. And likewise, right now you have the power. To get a few more minutes of video game time if you're super polite and you've finished your breakfast or whatever it is. I'm going to give you five extra – or you can lose ten minutes if you mess around. Like this is your choice. This is the power that you have. Sort of phrase it in, in the way of, of empowering them. To, to be sh- empathetic? <laughs> to learn empathy? Well, and just to like – well, there's that. But whatever the lesson is, whether it's for their own selfish desires for having more video game time because that's a great bartering tool. Yeah. It's so great when you have something you can barter with. Oh, my gosh. I know. My mom amazing. used to use that for me too. Oh. No video games if you don't do this it's, or that. But it's great. And yeah. I don't know if it's a, if it's a cheat or not. <laughs> it's a cheat it's code. It's a cheat code. It's a cheat code. But, it, but it's great. Um, and, uh, and then or, or for something that's, that's more, you know, meaningful. Like, hey, this is a person that – this is a – this is your great aunt, and she loves. She thinks that the, the sun rises with you. So why don't you take a moment and like, like really explain to him? Do you know that right now you can make her feel so good in her heart right now just by going up to her and giving her a hug or, or giving her a high five or just saying hi? How are you? Like that's how you can make her feel. That's the power that you have. I still remember when because you know Draco because Draco's dad and I are not together, and he was about. He was, he was almost two years old when we split. Um, but somewhere around the age of four is when it hit Draco that I was sad when he left. And I made, I made some reference to it. It's like, yeah, but I can't wait to see it, but I'm going to miss you. And he goes, wait, mommy, are you sad when I leave? And his eyes filled with tears. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, yes, but I'm okay. And it's okay to be sad sometimes. It's like, and just sort of realizing that, that they don't realize the impact that they have. So these are all very grown-up things, but or in a teaching, child... Yeah, but again, you could just be teaching him how to manipulate other humans as he becomes a... Villain, well, you know what's interesting about genius. that is that that has oh, occurred to me. wait a minute. <laughs> it's actually really funny that you say that, because that occurs to me from time to time. Uh, I still believe, I still believe that he's a good person and that uh, with knowledge is power, and I think he's going to use the power wisely. But I talked to him about that, too. So you've got power, and you can choose it to use it for, for good or evil. So, yeah. Yeah. He could end up so being... So stay tuned 10 years from now. 10-year challenge. How's he... Uh, <laughs> he could end up being Ben Solo, you know? Like, you don't know. Or he could he could be a he could be a Luke. It's just... It's so hard. It's so hard to tell. But I think kids, they're just inherently really opportunistic because that's their survival. Yeah, so survival. you know what? If you love them and you show them good values and, you show, and you're a good example, I think you're going to have, have a great kid. So, but now, are you guys thinking about having kids, like, soon-ish? Is this why this is I mean, I don't know. Just, extra I, I don't know soon, soon-ish, but, but yeah, I mean, at some point. It's sure. great. It's so great. I love it. Yeah, I, love I'm, I, I just, you know. I mean, ask me later when he's. I'm not too old. When he's the, uh, the, no. Okay, good. Like you're a guy. You can get away with it. You can, and you're not old anyway. I mean, yeah, it's nice of you to say, but. You're in your uh, 40s. That's uh, totally I fine. I feel uh, 
Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, this old, this old. No, show. you're gonna love it. You know what? Honestly, I think that being because I was 35 when I had Draco, I think that being an older parent, like it's funny, they called it a mature pregnancy. I was like, stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was 34 when I got. So as soon as you turn 35, if you're pregnant when you're 35, you're you're considered a mature pregnancy. I was like, I was 34 when I got pregnant. I was like, yeah, but you're gonna have him when you're 35. Stop like, it. But hey, you got me in a technicality. Since you're in a mature pregnancy, this is what we're gonna have to do. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys. Mature. <laughs> It's like you're not sixty. Like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Senior citizen pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, no, but 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 I think it's great having a parent, having a kid after you've had like kind of a full life already. Yeah. Once you're established, you have the lessons to offer. Here's something that I think um, we've completely lost in this society. I think at one point when we all lived together more multi generationally. The grandparents are the ones, I think, who raise the kids. And I should do more looking into this, but I think it's true. I think the parents are exhausted. They're having their kids. They're exhausted. The grandparents know everything. They teach them. The parents watch the grandparents raise the kids. And then when their kids had kids, they helped to raise them because they knew what they were doing because they watched someone else do it. Mm -hmm. And now we're on our own. Mm-hmm. And so, and we're on our own. A lot of people in their twenties doing this. Once you're in your thirties and forties, then you know stuff. <laughs> you at least know something. Right. And I think it makes so much more sense to be a parent at this age, even though it's not how it used to be done. I think they had it. There was a, a, a distinct advantage of having grandparents around. Who, by the way, the grandparents were forty. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what you had. I see benefits to both. Like, I see benefits with having kids young so that by the time you're in your 40s, it's out of the way. The kids are out of the house. Yeah, but then you get to start living your life then where it's like you and I had, like, already had full careers. We did. That's true. When we were full of energy. And not like, okay, well, now we're going to go back <laughs> and have a full career. And kids give you energy, you know? They do? Yes. I mean, first they drain all of your energy, and then they <laughs> they give you energy. Here's like you never realize you could do so much and feel so good on so little sleep. Put it that way. Well, that's good. I mean, it's you know, like I I think you're a good role model for Draco because you do. I mean, anyone who is in the business, obviously, acting you can't control. It's like you, you know, you do the best you can. You get parts, yeah, or you don't. Right. You just you can't control that. Mm-hmm. But what you do have control over is you can write books and yes. you can create stuff and you can inspire people and you can educate people and yes. and so it's it really is kind of the best of both worlds. McKellarMath dot com. Yes, because you <laughs> you do that and you you try to enlighten people and then you also get to go have fun and and shoot these Hallmark movies. Yeah. Oh uh, my gosh, there's I love it. I really love it. I love I love the duality. I'm, I feel so grateful to be able to write these math books. And, and I, I now have is it eight eight books out, I think, on mckellarmath.com. Like ages zero to 16. And because of the movies you do, you get, you've get you celebrated a lifetime of Christmases. Christmases and weddings. I know. <laughs> At a very young age. I guess I'm done. Well, I have to finish raising Draco. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been really, really great. And, uh, but I, and I love acting, but I do feel like I was sort of put on this planet to – to help kids with math because I genuinely love math so much and I genuinely love making it fun for them and so to get to put that in, out in the world oh okay so um, Dolly Parton I'm not sure if you know about this she's known not just for uh, certain things but she's also um, has this this wonderful organization called Imagination Library and a lot of people don't know it they only think of her as a performer but she has this charity that over the last 23 years has given away books to kids underprivileged kids ages 0 to 5 um, over 100 million copies of books 
So she has a program where if you are a low what book do you give fit, a zero year old? I'm just curious. <clears throat> you, you read to them. You oh, read you read. You, read yeah. you just no, read to them. This is all about reading to your kids and helping them learn oh, how, learn awesome. how to read. No, it's all about learning how to read. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's a war and peace. <laughs> Good luck. He's not getting it. <laughs> no, uh, so so um, so anyway, it's just amazing what they've done. So these kids, you know, you can if you if you live in an area that has it, it's imaginationlibrary.com. You go to the website, you can enroll, and when your child is between the ages of zero to five, they will get a book every month until they turn five, and that is to help um, them learn how to read. And my very my youngest book is called Goodnight Numbers. Yes, a play on Goodnight Moon. Um, but it's showing numbers in, real, in the real world. So it's like, you know, four legs on a cat, five points on a star, six sides to a block. So it's not like a regular counting mm-hmm. book. It actually shows math in real life. And I'm very proud of it. Imagination Library shows it for one of their 2018 books. So, uh, like, 250,000 kids got sent a copy of the book. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. And then they do a low, they do like a low, um, not low quality, but like a lower quality printing of it. And it's really super inexpensive. We basically don't make any money on it, but I could care less. This is, matter, yeah. this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. So, and they just renewed it for 2019. Oh, that's so they're going to do it again. So now it's going to be in half a million little kids' hands by the end of the year. And I mean, I just find that just so beautiful and and, and You've changed fun. people's lives. I'm changing people's lives, little ones. I mean, that's ones. very I'm, foundational. That's very really foundational. Is. That's I'm teaching them the helping, helping them to learn how to read and count and understand that numbers are part of their world because to me that's super important. A lot of kids think, oh, well, math is some separate subject. Like, no, 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 it's part, of, it's part of your world and it's relevant. And so teaching them from the youngest age to get that is just makes me so happy. And I just found out yesterday, they just emailed to say, hey, my publisher was so excited. She goes, 2019, they're doing it again. And I don't know if they usually do that or not, but I just, I'm just thrilled. And in a few years, Drake will start figuring out how to sneak subliminal messages into your books (laughs) so that he can uh, become the unquestioned ruler of mankind in like 10 years, (laughs) in 10 to 15 years. 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Check check in later for that. (laughs) What is he into? Like, what what have you noticed that he's like, is he Mm. into? Well, he's into Super Mario Maker right now. That's, he's all about Super Mario Maker. And we, and oh, you know, okay. Do you know what fuse beads are? No. Um, okay, Fuse Beads, it's, it's an art project. It's an arts and crafts thing. So there's a, a picture, um, a plastic um, plate with little nubs on it in a grid pattern. And you can take little beads and stick them on top of the nubs to make a pattern. Then once you've done with that, you put parchment paper over it and you iron it. And you've created some little toy for yourself, a two-dimensional toy. So because Super Mario Brothers, especially the original, is 8-bit, basically, we've been able to make characters that look exactly like... The Super Mario Brothers characters in the original game. Oh my god, that's, it sounds it's, like an updated version of Lightbright. It's yes, it is, but it's permanent because you can iron it and then you have it. How so much? we have a huge bag full of these things we've made over the last several months. He loves it, so he loves fuse beads and he loves uh, Super Mario Maker and he loves martial arts and baseball and basketball and and he's just a little dynamo. He's like a little Tasmanian devil. He will run around the house and, and like I like you just came from sports like for, you played sports for an hour and you have so much energy still how what is happening and he'll just he'll wear his Super Mario Brothers robe and I had this funny picture of him where he like he just took off the top of the robe and he just flexed his muscles like randomly I mean he has me like rolling on the floor that's He's really that's really so funny. fun you know the, the, he excited to use those muscles to keep the Gryffindors down I know because you know? they pop off every once in a while they you do know, you gotta keep you gotta keep those Gryffindors <laughs> in their place I realized that I Am, uh, uh, that I'm of a certain financial status now where there's no reason why I could not just have a light bright wall in my house. Oh my gosh. Just a wall. You should. I mean, this house is just the most fun house ever. You've got everything we here. We need a light bright wall. 
I think to, you do. Because all you really need is like you just need a light box and then you need the black paper. Right. And just the little the little holes. Like if you just had all the holes, then every so often you could just like whip the paper off, rip it off, put in a new piece of paper and then just put the little pegs in again and yes. then light it up. You could do all sorts of 8-bit art. Why you am I not doing this? You should be doing that. Go. I'm sure someone will do it for you on Etsy, right? <laughs> no, I need to. Yeah. I, there was a science, ex- there's a science uh, museum in Winnipeg. Whenever I, so I shoot these movies for Hallmark in Canada and Draco and my mom come out and visit. And so I always find, like, for, on the weekends, we, we do some cool thing. There's always a science museum somewhere. And one of them, I think it was Winnipeg, had a light bright wall. So it's been, it's been done before. It can be done again. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there, is, there is no shortage of creative ways that you can engage people, particularly kids. You can order anything online. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's... Do you, did you, when you were growing up, did you have one of those fucked up chemistries kits... Did you have I had, a chemistry kit? I had a makeup chemistry kit so I could like make my own makeup. This is called Fresh and Fancy and it was what I wanted for – I wanted this. <laughs> I think like I was five – I know. I, did. <laughs> I was five or six years old and I wanted it for Christmas so badly, so badly that every day I was like, Mommy, Daddy, like I really – I want. what if I don't get – what if I don't get Fresh and Fancy? And they seemed so confident that I would. I was like, but what if Santa doesn't see my letter or what? They're like, no, no, you'll get it. I'm like, how do they know? How could they possibly know? Um, and then I got it and I've never – I mean I was like – it was a goopy mess but I was in hog heaven. Yeah, I was just thinking about how I had a chemistry... I feel like I talked about this with someone recently, but I had a chemistry set as a kid. I mean, like volcanoes that erupt and stuff like that. There, were like, there was legitimate, caustic, yeah. deadly chemicals that came in there, and it basically was just like, good luck. You know, there was like a skull and crossbones on it, and I was like, okay, well, don't drink this. It's like 13 and above. Here you go, eight-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like I burned my fingers a couple times and, you know, I learned. I learned what not to do. Thankfully, right. I just I, – I didn't – You didn't mutate or anything. That I'm aware of. Metahuman. Okay. Speaking of that, so uh, Young Justice is the cartoon series that I did um, for years – well, I did it for two years back in 2010. It's all about mutants and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they, we came back for season three after – how many years did it been? I mean, like eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on Cartoon Network. I play Miss Martian on it, also known as Megan Morse or McGann. And uh, we were on for two years on Cartoon Network, one of the highest rated series they had, but we didn't sell toys. And they canceled us. The fans went crazy. They wanted it back. They, finally, Netflix, Netflix picked it up, I, I want to say three years ago, and people binged it so much. The Netflix went to Warner Brothers and said, you know what, why don't we do a third season? Um, and Warner Brothers was like, wow, this really has done well. No, it's okay. We'll keep it. Thanks. And so it's on DC streaming service. They took it away from Netflix. <laughs> That's really funny. You know, like so, that- and, it just, and it's dropping this month. This is um, it's January uh, it was, uh, 4th. 10th, uh, 4th, 11th, 18th, 25th, and then that's the first half of season three, and the second half of season three drops in June, and uh, it's, it's really exciting to see the fan response. They actually crashed the service, the, the, the server on the, um, the first day. Why, you know, Draco's so lucky. His mom's a math whiz and a superhero. Superhero, I know. Miss Martian. God, it, people do forget that a lot of children's cartoons were crafted to sell toys. I mean, I remember working yeah. on a Nickelodeon show for a couple of years, and they were like, yeah, I don't think Walmart – if I remember correctly, if I remember – this is – I'm pulling from memory. This was a long time ago. But if I remember correctly, um, I heard some conversation about like, well, Walmart's not going to carry the toys, so the future of the shows look good. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. These are just commercials for toys. <laughs> yes. Kids' cartoons are commercials yes. for toys. It's really a toy business. It was. But, I mean, like with a streaming service, since you pay for the streaming service, that is the business. That's the business. Yes. So you don't have, so you to, don't have to make anymore. toys. And Young Justice, I mean, it started off as a 
kind of like more for younger kids, and it's grown up with the fans. Sort of like Harry Potter, speaking of Draco. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's more mature now. It's not for kids. I mean, they do stuff in the streaming service that you don't really do on TV, and people's faces get blown off. And <laughs> <laughs> you said that and you, so sweet. And you yeah, people's faces get blown off. I mean, it's really dark stuff. They're at, like this children's hospital, and um, the bad guys are stealing kids from the children's hospital, and they're like the doctors, like, yeah, sorry, your 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 sister didn't, didn't make it, and really they're taking them into the labs and change them into these metahumans, like giving them superpowers. And remember Deadpool? Yes. Um, yeah, same kind of thing. I mean, it's just it's and it and it, and it deals with human trafficking issues. And, but it's really well done and creepy and cool. And Ms. Martian in the first season was like this green-skinned, cute little alien who, who fashions herself after a cheerleader. She's a shapeshifter, so she can look however she wants. And then she's gotten more mature over the, over the seasons. And now she's like this badass, gray-skinned alien, really more of her true form. Um, and she's leading the team. And it's just a really well-made show. So for, but like for grown-ups. That's fantastic. Like, it's really cool. Yeah, it's really great. I'm 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 thrilled about it, and I'm just. We started recording the episodes at the beginning of 2017, and we weren't allowed to say anything about it. And and I, so I took pictures of like, hey, you know, in the recording studio, like, yeah, yeah, sorry, you can't post that. I'm like, okay, no posting. <laughs> two years, two years it's been, and it's it's like to the point where I almost like uh, we we, sh- we we shot the you know 26 episodes or whatever. And and I was like almost over it. I'm like, gosh, I mean, this is ever going to so come out? When, it's so funny when companies do that. Like, what do they think is going to happen if someone says, oh, we're doing Young I, I don't Justice? Know. Like, what's going to happen? And then they announced it at Comic-Con, but they didn't want to announce my character because my character has such a different look this season with the, like this gray skin gotcha. and the whole thing. She's the leader of the team. So I wasn't allowed to say anything. So finally, <laughs> it's sad. Finally. finally, I can talk about it. Yes. And it's a really great show. But again, not for kids, it's not the Hallmark audience. I could do that caveat because I've got so many followers and, and fans who are either fans of the Wonder Years or Hallmark movies or my math books. And so the, the demographic is a little more innocent. You do a lot of different things. Sure. I do. Yeah, I do a lot of things. So um, I love it's mature. It's a mature pregnancy. It's a mature <laughs> show. <laughs> More mature oh, so you mean 35? So 35. It's 35. Exactly, yeah, 35. 35 is so mature. I mean, it was like 100 years ago. 35 was, like, was like, well, the end. <laughs> they've been rewinding this down, you know, yeah. be dead by 39. But now, you know, it's like we live longer. 35 is not that old. It's totally. We're not old. No, we're not old. I just turned 44. But I, I think that 44 is the new 22. Yep. Let's yeah, go with right. that. Let's do that. Yep. Um, I, I, I love how... Um, Positive. Actually, I wouldn't be 22 if you paid me again. Again? No, like, no, oh no. My God. no. 20s, no. Well, you wouldn't want to go back and be like, and, and like basically regress all of your wisdom and all of your stuff. Right. You know, like I if, wouldn't hit delete, delete, delete to get back there. I mean, I, I, would, enjoy, I, I would enjoy having the sort of, you know, the, the Wolverine healing capabilities that a 22-year-old might. <laughs> like, I realized I'll never ski again the rest of my life. I, because I skied a lot as a, I lived in Denver for most of high school and yeah. I skied a lot in right. high school. Okay. Uh, you know, we'd go to Vail or Beaver Creek or, you know, like just different um, places in Denver or outside of Denver. And, uh, you know, you'd fall and you just don't think about it and you get back up. Now I realize, like, my knee gets fucked up if I just if I just drive too long in a day. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, oh, my knee's all tight. I can't imagine just falling down and being like, well, there's seven months of my life gone for the next seven months. Like, you just... I miss the Wolverine healing abilities. You know what? You know funny. Else. So I so I take Draco skiing and uh, I, uh, I'm not far behind you age-wise. But I... So we're done skiing for the day and my knee's 
do kind of bother me. You know what I do? I, I kneel in the snow. And so the, the ice of the snow, like, just, and Draco just plays. And I just kind of, like, hang out there for a few. I just sort of sit with my knees. And I'm telling you, it feels so much better. Well, for ice me. Is, he is, ice is a miracle. It's, it's a not, miracle. It's not so much, it's not that the knee itself is fucked up. It's just all the muscles around it. Yeah. So you right. got to, like, you know, because everything's pack connected. On, pack on the snow. I know. You could have, like, if your back is tweaking on one side, that can fuck up your knee on the other side. Because yeah, everything's true. pulling and overcompensating and stuff. So you got to, like, all that. But I was going to say, I love that you are so um, positive on social media. Oh, thank you. And I know that we've had this conversation. I know we've had this conversation before where it's important to you because you know that there can, there's so much toxicity in the world. And particularly, you know, social media can be a very toxic place. And you've said, like, I want people who follow me to feel happy and supported and to feel good. And I can't tell you how important I think that is because it's so easy to just think that the full scope of the world is just this toxic little bubble. And it's like, yes, there is that, but there's so much more. And it's so important to, you know, like we have to make efforts to put that in the world. And we have to make efforts to seek out and consume that and, you know, like – just sort of put that salve on our brains as well. Yes, we, we live in a time where we have so much coming at us, so much information, so many perspectives. I mean, we are inundated with information and, and opinions, and we have to make choices. We have to be active in the choices that we make for what we are putting ourselves in front of because that will absolutely affect our mood and our, our ability to be a productive human being. I, I, I just went on a three-week social media break. I had no social media for three weeks. And it's a good cleanser and it's a good reminder that I don't have to go through my Twitter feed and, like, see every single person who's complaining about politics. I mean, oh, my gosh, I can't. I mean, it's just, like, people yelling and screaming at each other. It's, and they're, then they're yelling and screaming in your head. And whatever you were about to do just gets, you know, sidelined and... And then, and yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute, wait. Let's be positive. Let's follow the people that make us feel good about themselves. And let's be a person who, when someone follows you, you make them feel good about themselves too. And show them not just not not just to make them feel good about themselves and what they're doing, but also to inspire them to be their best selves. Because that's what I want. That's what I want to follow. And and uh, it's really something. Um, when I was in Canada, I did a post, and I'm not going to go into the details because it's a little too private. But I went. I did a post. Where I just took a picture of myself, I was like, oh, I look cute in hair and makeup right now. And I took a picture, like, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that expression looks like. It's like, what, what should this message be? And, and I wrote, and I just was felt inspired. And I said, you guys, you know, whatever that thing is, is getting you down, it, it's okay to, it's really okay to forgive. And and you know, you got this. And, and then something happened in my, and I posted it in the morning. And some, that evening, something happened that was kind of big in my life, and I needed to see that post. And it was there for me. And it was stunning to me, like, how impactful it was. And there were other people, like, during the day that were writing, oh, my gosh, I really needed to hear this today. Thank you so much. And then I became that person who needed to hear it. And it was, and it, and it was so impactful and so powerful to me. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm, I just spit on your microphone. I'm so excited. I don't excited. care. It's fine. I, I just, I'm, this is why. This is having a public forum like this and, and having people follow me and trust me and you know, on Instagram or Twitter or, or Facebook or whatever, it's it's an honor, and I want to do good by that, do right by that. I, I wanna I wanna um, f- fulfill that that beautiful, really responsibility I've been given, and 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 help people to live their best lives and to feel validated. And I don't, you know, I'm a parent to one person, and I'm trying to do my best I can with Draco and to give him lots of reasons to believe in himself and to 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 motivate him to seek out what he was put on this planet to do. 
and and why and and to show him that he has tools to to change, build the Death Star to build the Death Star <laughs> to show him he has he has tools to change his mood. For example, you know, I do on every Monday I do McKellar Motivational Monday, and it's a live broadcast that I do on Periscope, which I, some people still do Periscope, um, which is kind of on Twitter now and Facebook Live and Instagram Live, and it's usually some inspirational, fun thing to motivate people to be their best selves or to have a good week or whatever it is, and that is just so fun for me too to 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 know that I you know whether I'm telling Draco you've got choices in your life or I'm having a discussion with all my awesome followers. Look, we have choices in our lives to how are we going to react to this? You know, our first thought that we have and some of the stuff, I mean, I don't, I don't think you, I don't remember what, when you got sober, if you did A or not, but I went to Al-Anon many moons ago um, because of uh, a boyfriend at the time who was in AA. And it was so, there were so many great tools that I learned there that, that I've applied to my whole life, you know, whether it's one day at a time or it's, it's you know, um, uh, knowing what we have control over which isn't what we think it is. Right. It's just us. And it's only just part of us. We don't have control over much. We don't. And that's really scary. That, but, that can be really but, scary. But it's also it's liberating. Because especially in Al- Alan is all about like we're trying to control the people around us who are having problems and we end up losing ourselves completely. So the idea that we try to control other people and that's not going to work. No. And that's, that applies to social media as well. It's a huge expenditure of energy and, 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 and time and life force where if we just redirect that to ourselves, Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror, you know, you want to make a change, start with yourself. And that message Right? It's like it's so universal and important and I think it deserves reminding. And deserves in my life. <laughs> so true though. It's, it's so, so wise. Feel real good. Wanna make it right. I don't know if those are the words. I think it is. That's it's pretty close. Yeah. Very good, very good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is what I try to do with my social media. I mean, media. I think that's great because you, you get good at whatever you focus on. Yes. And that can be negativity. That can be positivity. And even if you're positive, doesn't mean you have to ignore that there are bad things going on in the world. But you just can't live in that negative. You just can't live in that space. Right. You don't want to wallow. It's just fucking poisons. It's just poison. And then you carry it. And then that obviously, you know, there's a conservation of energy. Yes. That energy is not created or destroyed. It's transferred. So if you are, you know, feeling, you know, and then you come home and it's like your family gets the, and maybe they have their own or they were feeling good. And then they're like, and then they get it. And it's just like, you're caring. Like why empower other people to put that on you and transfer their shitty bag? (laughs) Like it's got to stop. You know, you got to figure out how to make it stop. And we all have, we all have that power. We can, it can stop and we can, we can change the story. You know, we don't have to repeat the stories of our of our parents that we don't want to, or people that you know. We get to make our own stories, we, and in every single moment, we get to make our own story. I mean, I think I think recognizing that if you could, of course, it's very hard. This is oversimplifying, but if you really, if you could control your, you know, how you react to any situation, that is, I think, as powerful as if you could control uh, the world, yes. because. You always, because you, if, if you're able to learn from something and work through something and, you know, like I said a few podcasts ago with, um, uh, with my friend Ryan who was on, if, if the obstacle becomes the way, like if you could figure out how to, if you could figure out how to do that, then that is liberating and that's the most empowering thing in the world because it meant, it would mean that virtually anything that happened to you, you could figure out how to navigate through. And I think that's the, that's the secret to stuff, not figuring out how to get people to, you know, 
to like you or, you know, right. to do what you want or give you this or give you that. It's like seeking validation from an external reference points. It's like, how do you, how do you make that internal? Right. And that's what you're trying to show Draco. And so how, you know, like what's one tool that you, you know, just for people who are listening for themselves or for their own kids, like what's an important tool that you've learned to do that with him? To, to make his own internal reference point? Yes. Um, it's funny because at this age, he doesn't care what other people think <laughs> yet. I haven't run into that part yet. Um, uh, so he's, he's – well, it's not like people are giving him shit in school. <laughs> right, which is not happening. Um, yeah, no, it's really for me, it's a matter of showing him the power that he has. And that's going to apply to um, to when he's feeling like other – like when he's wanting to, to gain approval from someone else. Right now, the only approval he's really seeking is for me and his dad. Right. So I'm not going to be like, hey, my opinion doesn't matter. Right, right, right. <laughs> not, <laughs> not quite there yet. At but you're always point, there to support him. So I'm you're always not, there yeah. to support him. Exactly. And teach him the ways of the force. The ways of the force. The, yeah. the good side of the force. The light side of the, the force. The light side of the force. And then whatever he does with that is up to him. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it's um, – look, uh, it's, about, it's about realizing the power that we actually have and the power that we don't have that we think we have and we, we want to have and that we waste time trying to get that we'll never get. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's really it. That's what it comes down to. We've got power over ourselves. You know, Draco, you've got power over how you react to a situation. You don't have power over the external stuff. You have power over what you do. Uh, and, and at some point, that will apply to other people's opinions. You can't control their opinion of you either. You can do your thing. And if they're not, if they're not digging it, then you're not meant to be interacting with them. It's, look, it's all in there somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what the, the answer is or how life really works, but there's something to that. It's funny that we give so much power to especially people online, that you don't know anything oh. about. You know, actually, so Draco's dad says something interesting to Draco, um, and I don't think Draco necessarily needs it yet, but I found it really useful. He said, when somebody, so when somebody gives an opinion, cause, and, and Mike and I both do this, we say, look, um, we, we talk out loud about, we, we, you know, we share our thought processes when we're dealing with something and making a decision about something just to kind of show them what's going on. He said, Draco, when somebody gives you an opinion about something, you have to ask yourself, one, how well do you know this person? And two, do you actually value their opinion? Yeah, do you trust them? Are and they if, a trustworthy and source? You, yeah, and, and if, 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 if those answers are no, not really, then completely, you can completely disregard or what I they said. I don't know this person well enough to right. know so if I can I, trust their opinion. Right. You so, don't know if so someone's you can, shitting you on you online. Look at, you can take a look and say, well, it's interesting. I'll take it in consideration, maybe. Yeah. But that's as far as it could ever go. Yeah, if someone's saying something horrible to you, Online, you don't know if they're typing with one hand while they have a banana peel on their head with a pile of dog shit in their left hand. That's, like you have no true. idea. You don't know where they are, who they are, what their circumstances. What you know, it's like, and yet somehow we give everyone this equal amount of power over us, and uh, and you know, probably a lot of it has to do with the fact that. You know, sometimes people poke at insecurities that we already well, that's have. What I'm say. It's and gotta, it's like, they've got to be poking at something real, otherwise it's just ridiculous, and you and you can laugh it off. But it's like they say, it's easier to to believe the bad stuff than the good stuff. And why is that? Somebody says something really nice to you, and somebody says something mean to you. What are you going to spend your day thinking about? You're right. You're going to obsess over the thing that wasn't nice because. Because of insecurities, I guess. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Draco's generation. If somebody says, you have a purple head. You're gonna be like, 
Okay, well, that that's not not relevant to my life. Purple's a very nice color. Yeah, sure, why not? But, like, whatever it is, you if it's completely ridiculous and it doesn't hit a nerve at all, it's not going to have an effect on you. That's you're exactly right. right. Yeah, I see, I see exactly what you mean, but it'll be interesting to see. Finally, my purple head analogy made some sense. (laughs) So, you're looking at me like, I'm like, oh god, this is not happening. (laughs) You're interested to see what Draco's generation does with social media, yeah, or what social media even looks like at that point, yeah, to. Gen Z until they come up with a better name. Right. Um, or whatever, when Draco takes over mankind, whatever he names us. Uh, <laughs> right. it be. But, but there, th- th- that, like, will they be as obsessed with social media? Will that always be a thing of humanity? Or is that just a sliver of, you know, Gen Xers and millennials? And is that like next- people saying, are people going to be obsessed with talking on the telephone once it hit? Well, you're never going to, like, turn back from it. It becomes a tool, part of every life. But then there's other stuff, too. Are people going to be, become obsessed with texting? We can do much more than texting now. We can do FaceTime, whatever. But, like, we still do that. Right. I mean, that's my feeling. Is that social media is not going to go away. It's going to evolve. Evolve. It'll evolve. And it'll still be a big part of people's lives because that's just – it connects people. I think anything that connects people is going to keep going, right? Yeah. I mean, I would imagine. Although, as much as it connects everyone, I also feel it's very isolating. But it's very isolating because of the way that we interface with it. You know, machines force us to interface like machines. We're hunched over. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's, they, they force us to... I'm constantly telling it, Jake a better posture. I'm like, bring your shoulder blades together. Bring your shoulder blades together. <laughs> oh, my together. God, He's yeah. I, I had to correct. I had to start correcting my posture, like, 10 years ago. And it's still not great. Posture, very important. Okay. There's something that popped up on my phone um, two days ago. Feels, you feel better when your posture's like, yeah. better. And it said, it was like a posture thing that you put in your back. I'm like, my phone's listening to me again. Like, that happens, right? Oh, it's fuck this yeah, thing it does. You go the back of your, and you put it in your back, and then you, it's supposed to, like, I guess it beeps if you hunch over, and that's my guess, because it says, guaranteed to give you a better posture. Yeah, you, the next time you're going to open your phone, it's going to give you, like, you're going to be, like, buying purple heads. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. What the fuck? Or it's going to start selling you your unnerving. own It's a little unnerving. It's a little unnerving. Oh, it already does. Yeah, but even... <laughs> It just always says, math education, for you. I'm like, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. mm, I think I got this one. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I also noticed, I just bought, I bought something, a, a Christmas present for my husband on Neiman Marcus, and um, I get ads for Neiman Marcus for the same shirt that I got him all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh. I already bought this. I bought this already. And I'm thinking, you know, can I control, like, the ads that come up? I mean, if I were a certain kind of person, I would, like, just pretend to buy, you know, a male swimsuit, right? And then just, like, see, like, hot guys all the I time. I mean, that would be I mean, a sneaky way to do I it. I was just thinking, like, I, this is ridiculous how obnoxious these ads are. I want to control what the ads actually are. That's something kind of pleasant to look at. Maybe I should look up like a, a dream vacation, you know, Hawaii or something, and just have nice images because it's it, it bombards you. Yeah, you got to you got to game the system a little. Can bit. we? You got to game the system a little bit, and you got to sometimes you got to buy things on Amazon that you don't want just so you get better results, <laughs> suggestions, and results on things. Ooh, good. You know what I mean? Yes. It's I like, like it. you know, you go to the grocery store and you come home, and some asshole doesn't knock on your door five hours later, like, "Hey, you want another head of lettuce?" Like, I already <laughs> fucking bought this. I know. Leave me alone. Hey, you sure? You sure you don't want lettuce? Stop it! Right. I bought it. I don't need lettuce all the time. It well, was we, have, we, we got a coupon code for you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thanks. It's a little late now. I, already... I feel like I'm in a bad relationship with Google Ads. Like, <laughs> stop bringing me stuff. I don't need this. Just bring it up the past. Come on. I, just bring me things I want when I want them. Not all the time. Gosh. <laughs> 
Come on. So what's coming up next? You're working on a book now that you can't say what the title right, is. Right, because it'll, it'll ruin it for toddlers everywhere. But at least you're, uh, yeah, all those toddler message boards. Yeah. The toddler <laughs> subreddit would explode. Totally. Uh, but yeah, so, so, so my latest book is Do Not Open This Math Book. That's for six to eight-year-olds. That came out a few months ago. I've got this new mystery book coming out in, I think, November um, that I'm just working on. And I'll be continuing to work on it. A in mystery my book? Well, no, it's... Well, I, think you said a, it. I think you said a mystery book. Although I am working on a mystery series that isn't a mystery for Hallmark <laughs> movies and mysteries. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but that part doesn't come out until 2020, so it just seems a little premature to talk about it. But uh, it's called The Matchmaker Mysteries, and it's going to be like a series of these um, movies that are mysteries. Oh, I and, and, love and, it! And I'm playing matchmaker. It's loosely based on the millionaire matchmaker. She is an executive producer on it. Uh, we're still figuring out what my character's name is going to be. It's not going to be Patty. Her name is Patty Stanger. Uh, but I'm going to be this. It's it's going to be so much fun. I'll be solving murder mysteries. And the first the first um, episode will likely be that I've made this match, and then and then she is killed, and he the guy is the prime suspect. I'm like, no, no, no. I know this guy. I. I, I did all my research. He's not the killer. And so I get involved. Romance, she wrote. Exactly, exactly. So then it's that, at that point, that's actually a good episode name. I'm going to pitch that. Please. <laughs> so, I would be so, honored. So then, then it goes on, and uh, she, so she becomes known for being good at solving mysteries, and, that's, and then maybe, potentially her dad's going to be a, a retired cop, and, so she, and then she gets involved with a cop, kind of maybe in a moonlighting kind of way. I'm almost bummed you told s- me this now because I'm going to tell Lydia about it, and she's going to be like, fuck, I want to watch that. We, right. we can't watch that it's for like, for like a year, a year, yeah. a year and a half. Right, I know. They're but I I love how you've just carved out all these really great paths uh, for yourself. And I think you're a phenomenal role model and such a great human being. And, you uh, you know, Draco's lucky to have you. And I I really hope that because of our friendship, when he um, builds a Death Star. Yeah, he will be on the good. We'll be protected. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Just. Just put in a good word for me. I will. You know, I will. You know what? You know what? I should bring him over here and have him see the TARDIS because you've got like kind of a TARDIS situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a TARDIS he, situation. He loves, he loves the TARDIS. Yeah, well, please. I, I mean, have... he'll have me like look up the sounds and we'll just listen to the TARDIS It's sounds. got a remote control that like lights up. It what? does the sounds and okay. stuff. At some point, yeah. Yeah, he's Did you say your a... mom wanted to meet him? My, my mom wanted to meet Draco? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Mom, we'll work this out. My mom loves you. And it'll happen here. My Perfect. mom loves yeah. you, and my mom's very maternal. And so she'll be like, I will babysit for you anything. Because, you know, we don't like. She's been. She's dying for you to have kids. I know, oh and I've kind of had to be like, take it down a notch. Okay, you know you what know? though? I think she, I think it's time. No, I, I know, but love there's it. nothing. What you don't want is you know when you're in a sexy moment to think like my mom really wants us to do that. You know, it's like you don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it kind of takes you out a little bit when there's pressure from the family. Yeah. No, no, you the, know what you do? You just don't not. You just don't. Try not to have kids. Just, you know, my, my wife has good advice, like has advice that she gives her friends or like, we've been trying to get pregnant, we've been trying to get pregnant and you know, like, yeah. the, like medically there isn't anything wrong, it's just not happening. And she's like, you just need to like stop stressing and just have sex with your partner. Like yeah, don't, exactly. like just take all the stress away because yep. that's hurting you. So just forget about it. Like just forget about it. Yep. You know, and then she's, Which and then hard. Pe- <laughs> people just get, forget about the thing. You know, it's like people about. get. And then, you know, like a, yeah. a good percentage of the time, they'll just get pregnant because they're not stressed or thinking about it. So that's why we don't really like – that's why we're not – Okay, so it'll happen when it's going to happen. It'll happen when it's going to happen. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm, but I mean like I'm ready whenever she wants – whenever she is ready, you know. Well, as I recall, when we went to dinner last, she was saying that uh, – and you were there for this. She was saying that she's not going to tell you. 
That's what I mean. Because she doesn't. <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to tell you. She's going to happen at some point. Well, okay. So because you're like, well, I'm not quite ready yet. And you're like, oh, well, it's okay. The, the, okay. So the plan. So the, so this was her plan for the longest time. She was like, one day you're going to come home. Yeah. And I'm going to have a puppy in one hand yep. and an announcement. Right. And, yes. And yes. so, she, so you're like a puppy and, and and then she and then she said, okay, I found out that it's probably better for us to get a dog after a kid is born so that the dog doesn't get weird and competitive with the bit. So now I don't know if there's going to be a puppy and a pregnant. So I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen. But um, uh, it drives her crazy when people are like, are you, you know, if she says like, hey, I have an announcement. Like if she's working on a show, I have an announcement. People are like, are you pregnant? She was like, stop pressure. It's like, it'll happen when it's going to happen. Right. You know? Yes. So. No, totally. You guys are in that. Well, you've been married for a couple of years now. So people are yeah, like, we've been married so... for almost two and a half years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. crazy that we would. No, no. But, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's... she just has some other things. Like she has some stuff she's working on this year. And then, yeah. you know, like then we'll, you know, like, it's going to be, when it happens, it's going to be perfect, perfect timing. So, and, and I will, and I'll be there for you in case your child ends up being an, East, an evil uh, mastermind as well. I'll ha- I'll be, I've been there first and I can help guide you through the process. We really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. No, my pleasure. Well, because Lydia well, like, is... Living in a house like this though, I mean, he's, he or she is going to have... Our kid's going to be, be a mad scientist <laughs> of some sort. a mad scientist, yes. Lydia, Lydia is a Slytherin for sure. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, for sure. Okay. And I'm a Ravenclaw. So who knows what's going to happen? The kid could great. be evil or just be like a, or a comedy nerd. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the Hallmark movies and the math books uh, and... Uh, yeah, mckellarmath.com. You can find all the books. Great. And there's a, big, there's a big slider button that I'm very proud of because you can slide the button and it'll, based on your kid's age, it'll tell you the right book. Great. I was obsessed with this idea when I was creating the website. I'm like, okay, and there's going to be a big slider button. And the slider <laughs> button, people can click the slide on it and they can show, see all the books. Because it's just like when the list gets long enough, it's like, okay, already, how are you going to keep track you of it? you got to help people filter and sort through that yeah, stuff. with a big slider button. Well, you're a brilliant dynamo, and I appreciate everything that you do uh, for mankind and our culture and for kids and education and uh you know we gotta go to dinner we all have to get to dinner again soon we will. so much yeah. fun no we definitely will yeah it's great and chris i just love i'm glad to be here and we'll do it again i hope so not six years and your yeah. husband was on singled out he was mm-hmm. <laughs> he was my husband when he was in college he uh he dabbled in acting and modeling and his publicist or his manager man. but he is he is and they were like hey you should go on singled out and so he went on he already had a girlfriend he was just like doing it for publicity i guess <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, so you guys met way, many, we many years ago. Floppy-haired, you know, 22-year-olds yep. or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, all right, thank you so much for being here. Danica McKellar, you, the end. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You've just listened to the Danica McKellar episode of the ID10T podcast, so I thought... uh... I thought this would be a nice special uh, word salad wrap, a musical word salad wrap, 
uh, which is, uh, we can't not end with Tom Lair. Well, genius Tom Lair, one of my uh, huge influences uh, in comedy. Uh, Tom Lair, brilliant uh, writer, performer, mathematician, musician. His piano playing is unbelievable. And the man does not waste one word, one breath in any of his comedy, any of his songs. And uh, pretty much just quit performing after the 60s. Uh, quit performing live um, and uh, he did a lot of the the songs in the electric company like the ly song and he did he did some of the, the grammar songs um, but this song new math came from an american version of a british show called that was the week that was and this was in 1964 1965 i'm fairly certain david frost hosted both editions of the show but it was just like a weekly political satire um, news kind of a comedy show and Tom wrote a ton of stuff for it. He was kind of the resident um, musical uh, guy on the show. And uh, this song, New Math, came out of that. Um, I have it on the album, The Remains of Tom Lair, which is a multi-disc uh, collection of, of his work, which I highly recommend. And, uh, and if you're just discovering Tom Lair right now, good for you! Uh, I, I envy the journey as you go down the Tom Lair rabbit hole because it is wonderful. So here we go. Tom Lair, word salad rap, new math. Some of you who have small children may have perhaps been put in the embarrassing position of being unable to do your child's arithmetic homework because of the current revolution in mathematics teaching known as the new math. So as a public service here tonight, I thought I would offer a brief lesson in the new math. Tonight, we're going to cover subtraction. This is the first room I've worked for a while. It didn't have a blackboard, so we will have to make do with more primitive visual aids, as they say in the ad biz. <laughs> Consider the following subtraction problem, which I will put up here. 342 minus 173. Now, remember how we used to do that. 3 from 2 is 9, carry the 1. And if you're under 35 or went to a private school, you say 7 from 3 is 6. But if you're over 35 and went to a public school, you say 8 from 4 is 6. And... carry the one, so we have 169. But in the new approach, as you know, the important thing is to understand what you're doing rather than to get the right answer. <laughs> Here's how they do it now. You can't take three from two. Two is less than three, so you look at the four in the tens place. Now that's really four tens, so you make it three tens, regroup, and you change a ten to ten ones, and you add them to the two and get twelve, and you take away three, that's nine. Is that clear? Now instead of four in the tens place, you've got three because you added one, that is to say ten to the two, but you can't take seven from three, so you look in the hundreds place. From the three, you then use one to make ten ones, and you know why four plus minus one plus ten is fourteen minus one, because addition is commutative, right? And so you got thirteen tens, and you take away seven, and that leaves five. Well, six, actually, but... <laughs> The idea is the important thing. <laughs> now go back to the hundreds place. You're left with two and you take away one from two and that leaves... Everybody get one? Not bad for the first day. Hooray for new math, new math. It won't do you a bit of good to review math. It's so simple, so very simple that only a child can do it. Now that actually is not the answer that I had in mind.
because the book that I got this problem out of wants you to do it in base eight. But don't panic. Base eight is just like base ten, really, if you're missing two fingers. <laughs> Shall we have a go at it? <laughs> Hang on. You can't take three from two. Two is less than three, so you look at the four in the eights place. Now that's really four eights, so you make a three eights, regroup, and you change an eight to eight ones, and you add to the two, and you get one two base eight, which is ten base ten, and you take away three, that's seven. Okay? Now instead of four in the eights place, you've got three, because you added one, that is to say eight, to the two, but you can't take seven from three, so you look at the sixty-fours. Sixty-four. How did sixty-four get into it? I hear you cry. Well, 64 is 8 squared, don't you see? Well, you ask a silly question, you get a silly answer. From the 3, you then use 1 to make 8 ones. You add those ones to the 3, and you get 1, 3, base 8. Or in other words, in base 10, you have 11, and you take away 7, and 7 from 11 is 4. Now go back to the 64s. You're left with 2, and you take away 1 from 2, and that leaves... Now let's not always see the same hands. <laughs> One, that's right. Whoever got one can stay after the show and clean the erasers. Hooray for new math, new math. It won't do you a bit of good to review math. It's so simple, so very simple, that only a child can do it. Come back tomorrow night. We're going to do fractions. <laughs> You know, I've often thought I'd like to write a mathematics textbook someday because I have a title that I know will sell a million copies. I'm going to call it Tropic of Calculus. <laughs> yes. ID10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts